1: Good morning. It's Monday, December 23rd, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down today's college football news. I'm Connor Tapp, and today on the podcast, we're getting caught up on some college football news items that kind of fell by the wayside while we had our early signing period blinders on. If you listen closely to the things I say on this show, then you might have noticed that I had previously promised this episode for last Friday, but we had some technical issues and that episode is now lost to the sands of time. It was a good one, RIP. Anyway, here to help me catch you up on almost everything we didn't get to last week is Trey Scott. Trey? Happy that the
0: door is shut on the early signing period. How are we feeling? What's up, Connor? Yeah, it's good to be back from the early signing period sort of pit. I was in 80% of all uh, FBS prospects for the class of 2020 signed last week. So this is a new national signing day. And while I was in Florida, I was like totally unaware of the things you guys would have been talking about on that episode. So it's sort of in a crash course to get myself caught up to speed ahead of, I mean, we have playoff games like this week. Monday is the start of media availability for these teams. That's crazy. And there are quite a few newsy items here. Let's start with Oklahoma. So before the news dropped that three Sooners were definitely suspended for the Peach Bowl, and those three Sooners are running back Ramondre Stevenson, uh, 515 yards, six touchdowns this year. Defensive lineman uh, Ronnie Perkins, 13.5 tackles for loss, six sacks and reserve wide receiver Trajan Bridges. Before rumors, like before they had been officially announced as suspended, there were rumors about this for about a week. And the rumors were even worse than than the three guys suspended. The rumors were like 10 Sooners are out for the Peach Bowl for undi- uh, undisclosed issues. And I think Oklahoma fans probably exhaled a little bit that it's, that it's three guys. But these are three pretty important guys, or I guess two pretty important guys, Bridges as a reserve. Stevenson is a crucial factor in this running back room. And keep in mind, Oklahoma's already been without Trey Sermon for the last month. He's out for the season. Uh, so they, they now go into the Peach Bowl against LSU with one running back, really, Kennedy Brooks. And Perkins has been their best pass rusher this season, too. And that Oklahoma defense is going to need all the help it can get against Joe Burrow. Meanwhile, Oklahoma's starting safety... DeLair and Turner-Yell broke his collarbone over the past week and will miss the LSU game as well, and that's per multiple reports. So you've got two defensive starters, important defensive starters out against LSU, and you have a bruising running back out as well. Oklahoma's in some trouble here, although we should mention, this might actually be the headliner. LSU is having some injury issues of its own. Uh, star running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has 16 touchdowns this season, he might not play Connor because of a hamstring injury injury he suffered last week in practice and I think in sort of reading the room and and reading the tea leaves and listening to what everybody's saying I don't think he's going to play.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty big because I mean Joe Burrow very deservedly gets all the headlines for the LSU offense but Man, there are so many times where LSU needs a first down in a key point in a game, and it's either one of two people making a big play, Joe Burrow or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just seems to have a nose for that first down marker, uh, and this could be this could be pretty big.
0: Yeah, so without Edwards-Hilaire, LSU's going to lean on true freshman running back, Tyrion Davis-Price, sort of bigger running back. Uh, they actually have two really talented true freshmen uh, in the, in that backfield with John Emery Jr. being the other guy, but yeah, like this you're right. Edwards-Alaire was Burroughs' security blanket, safety blanket all season, and and really broke out and obviously was great against Alabama. So I think both of these teams are walking wounded. I think Oklahoma's losses are obviously more substantial and more important. I think LSU, if we're being honest, is a ten point favorite. Uh should probably be will probably end up being favored by more than that. And could, if they had to, play Edwards-Alaire, but it's probably going to just wait for the National Championship game to unleash him.
1: We got a new update on kind of an ongoing saga that we've been covering here last week. Scott Frost, during his signing day press conference, was asked about a couple of topics not particularly related to his 2020 signing class, but uh, he he was asked about the status of running back Maurice Washington. Maurice Washington Over the offseason, it was reported that he was facing revenge porn charges out in California. He plays the first several games of the season anyway, even as as these charges are kind of hanging over his head. Uh, And then, apparently, to just kind of like working through the details, something else seems to have happened at some point during the season because he stops playing very abruptly, despite being a pretty important part of their offense about – Seven games through the season, he just kind of stops playing altogether. Scott Frost commented on that situation last Wednesday. He said that uh, – just kind of his comments made it seem pretty apparent that it is related to some sort of disciplinary issue, but he specifically denied that it was related to the uh, charges he's facing in California. And he has a court date coming for that uh, this January, so – Maybe we'll know soon uh, what's going on there. But uh, he was supposed to have a meeting with Maurice Washington last week to kind of figure out whether he was going to be a part of this program going forward. As far as I have seen, there has not been any additional reporting since uh, the end of this week as to what the outcome of that meeting was. But that's kind of where things stand for a pretty uncomfortable, uh, ongoing situation for Scott Frost in Nebraska. Uh, Slightly less sticky, I guess, but um, equally troubling or, I don't know, it's a personnel issue. Uh, Scott Frost also confirmed that quarterback Adrian Martinez is one of several Nebraska players who had minor surgery last week to clean up some nagging issues. Frost said that Martinez and everyone else who went under the knife are expected back in time for the start of spring practice. So kind of an interesting development for Martinez who had, I think the bloom officially came off the rose this Past season in terms of what we're expecting from him long term, so pretty big off, uh, off season coming up for him. I think if he's ever going to hit the ceiling of what we think he might hit, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get back from that one.
0: Yeah, Martinez was number three in the preseason Heisman odds. Uh, I think he had 11 touchdowns, 10, 10 interceptions. Definitely needs to bounce back. Washington. Was it, like the star in 2018? Took a backseat in 2019. Obviously, had a lot going on. To, to he took a backseat to Wandale Robinson. I don't think Nebraska really needs him. We have been talking about those, you know, upco- that upcoming court date. Like that has gotten bumped from August now to uh, I guess this winter. So definitely, I uh, probably a more lingering storyline than than Nebraska would have liked it to be. Um, new Washington coach Jimmy Lake. Like, did we, have we even, like, discussed, like, the Chris Peterson stepping down? Anyway, uh, Jimmy Lake's not going to retain offensive coordinator Bush Hamden and is also going to be hiring a new tight ends coach. Pretty significant personnel news uh, out there. Uh, Washington announced the news Sunday, uh, one day after the Huskies blasted Boise State 38-7 to in the Las Vegas Bowl, sending Chris Peterson out with a W. This makes sense. The Huskies were number 66 this season in yards per play on offense despite the fact that they have a possible first-round pick at quarterback in Jacob Eason. Speaking of Eason, he has an NFL decision to make. He was up and down this season, but super talented guy, former five-star, massive arm. I've seen some mock drafts and some NFL reports that say he's a first-round pick, Connor. All right,
1: we are going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we've got some more news from the coaching carousel in a very up-and-down week for the Stanford Cardinal. Welcome back to the College Football Daily. The Texas Longhorns have hired former Rutgers head coach and Ohio State defensive coordinator Chris Ash to be their new defensive coordinator, replacing Todd Orlando and are reportedly zeroing in on Ohio State passing game coordinator Mike Yurchich to run the offense. The Longhorns struck out on their first choice of OC in Graham Harrell, who ended up getting a raise and extension from USC. So uh, I mean that's that's kind of a two pronged story there. Uh, at least that last one. USC really massively important for them to keep Graham Harrell around, especially given how disastrous their recruiting class was this year. Last in the Pac-12, worst
0: USC class uh, on on record since their recruiting ever. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing for Graham Harrell. He has. I mean we watched enough USC this year. They have talent. They have a great receiving room. They got two quarterbacks to choose from. Offensive line game was improved. Offensive line was improved. Like it doesn't, I think Graham Harrell's in this for one year. I think, you know, he, I read Chip Brown was writing, like, go with the devil you know. This is, Graham Harrell could have gone to Austin where his head coach would have been on the hot seat or he could have stayed in LA where his head coach is on the hot seat. Just, it's a one year deal. He'll get a group of five head coaching job after this season, but, He's got a good team now, or got a good offense, the Bones of a good offense, so I don't blame him for for staying out in L.A. And meanwhile, in Austin, we're kind of uh, reconstituting the the middle-of-the-decade
1: Ohio State coaching staff there.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of Texas fans are a bit underwhelmed by Ash because Rutgers was such a calamity there, but when you consider that he was a co-defensive coordinator on the Ohio State national title team... And that Tom Herman was the offensive coordinator on that on that national title team. Yeah, like we'll see we'll see if it if it happens. I think everyone is sort of just thinking that Tom Herman made the comfortable choice. Maybe not the best. Um, I give that higher like a C plus. Yurtich would be like an A minus. Uh, some more
1: coaching carousel items. Our own Chris Hummer was first to report that all signs are pointing to Eli Drinkwitz plucking Curtis Luper from TCU to be his new offensive coordinator in Columbia. The looper will still have the title or he will have the title of oc it's expected that drinkwitz will be calling the plays for the tigers and uh related to missouri's outgoing head coach barry odom signed on by sam Pittman to be the defensive coordinator for arkansas that's you know with with Pittman's hire him being a position coach to a head coach there's a lot of attention being paid to okay who is he going to fill out his staff with so uh, I mean, getting a former, a guy who was just a head coach last year and had a good defensive reputation before moving into a head coaching role—that's a pretty big get for Sam Pittman, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and and Barry Odom understands the SEC at this point, knows the SEC. I think that's it's a really good hire by Sam Pittman. College college programs—I'm sort of intrigued by the. It's honestly, it's the Coach O route, Connor. It's you—you you get a guy who you know can recruit. You know he's probably going to do a good job. Shaking hands and glad handing and all that stuff, and say, "Hey, we're going to give you this budget, and within the, conf- within the confines of this budget, fill out the best possible staff you can." Uh, I think that's what LSU did with Coach O, and it took him a few ch- a few tries to get the right offense going. But you know, Dave Aranda was a massive contract. Matt Canada was a big contract. Obviously, Joe Brady costs a little bit of money to come in. They're going to co- cost even more to keep him. I like Sam Pittman making a really big hire at DC there. The
1: Arizona Wildcats have made a bit of a splash going out and hiring former Iowa State head coach Paul Rhodes to be Kevin Sumlin's new defensive coordinator. Trey, if I'm not mistaken, you covered Paul Rhodes while I he did. was uh, impressions on fit here. Uh, is this a good move for Kevin Sumlin and company?
0: Paul Rhodes is a really, really good guy. Uh, he was at one point had to turn down the head coaching job at Wisconsin. His Iowa State tenure sort of got off the rails a little bit. Kevin Sumlin has to hope this is right. Hire Rhodes was recent, most recently the secondary coach, or DB's coach at UCLA. This is Kevin Sumlin. We're talking about coaches on the hot seat. You are talking about Tom Herman, Clay Helton. Kevin Sumlin is also on the hot seat. So maybe Rhodes will be a steady presence. Um, they probably don't have too much in common, though. <laughs> um, st- <laughs> staying out west, this is – I'm waiting for more people to start to talk about this. And we talked about Chris Hummer earlier. Chris is digging in. On this story. And Chris, if you're listening, let's get that story cranking up. I'll push the deadline (laughs) for a little bit earlier. 13 13 Stanford players have entered the transfer portal since the conclusion of the season. Uh, Stanford went four and eight. That includes starting quarterback KJ Costello. This is not good. Uh, I I believe some of this could be, Connor, and uh, we're waiting on the full story related to getting into Stanford grad school. And I, I think some of that's, you know, we'll see how many of these 13 come back. Uh, to college, but not a great look for David Shaw. They're also, they've gotten mixed news on some NFL draft entrants. Tied in Colby Parkinson, who I love, the number one recruit at his position in uh, 2017 for the 24-7 Sports Composite. He announced he's going pro. He's going to be a star, possible first-round pick. Baby Gronk mold. But at least left left tackle Walker Little is going to return for his senior year. He was a projected first-round pick in the preseason But hasn't played had did not play the rest of the year after hurting his knee in September. So maybe Costello comes back. It's probably going to be Davis Mills at quarterback. We'll at least have someone protecting their blind side. But overall, it's been a messy month for Stanford, uh, which is a team without an identity and and now a team without uh, 13 scholarship players moving forward. Yeah,
1: just, it's really unusual to see this much turnover at Stanford, this much instability, both in terms of personnel and just kind of the way they play on the field. Like, I mean, this was a program that it was, there's a set number of teams across the country, whether it's like Vanderbilt in the East that, you know, Stanford was a team that you look to is like, okay, here is how a school with these high academic standards and everything else can, a model for how they can go out and be successful and to see that model apparently not working and i mean as recently i don't know i mean it's not that long ago that uh, very they have very recent recruiting classes that while characteristic characteristically pretty small we were like man this is really smart it's really a good small group of players but this like fits what stanford want to do and so to see it really falling apart here
0: is uh pretty shocking well, that 2017 class with Parkinson and Walker Little was, and had Davis Mills in it too. They had like five five stars, and it, it really hasn't panned out. I think the an underlying thing to watch here is we think everything's wrapped up on the coaching carousel, but David Shaw is going to get NFL interest when those when those jobs open next week, as he always does, and he always turns that down. Maybe, maybe this is a year he's ready to jump. Maybe maybe he's done the best he can at Stanford and he's ready to jump. So you'd look at David Shaw or, or Matt Rule or Lincoln Riley as three college coaches who are most likely uh, to take an NFL job. Of course, you also have Urban Meyer sitting out there being linked to the Cowboys, which doesn't make sense to me, but it's probably for another episode.
1: All right, well, that is going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, including doing painstakingly thorough previews of every single ball game, please express your support by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tani Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.